Hey everyone, today we took the time to talk about the Malcolm X documentary, Who Killed Malcolm X, and it kind of helped us segue into Who Killed Marriage, because it seemed as though um, Malcolm X's wife played a very important role in the whole entire organization and the brand that was Malcolm X. So, I hope that you enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by Blizmo App. Blizmo app has a great way for you to get discounts for um, just going out and enjoying yourself and paying for things. So <laughs> if you spend $5, they'll give you 3% off. You spend $20, you get 5% off. You spend $100, you get 10% off, and so forth and so on. Um, Blizmo just wanted a way to change how consumers see their concept for online payments. By offering a simple, user-friendly platform that they can trust, their team of incredibly bright-minded individuals have decided sorry, have dedicated an immense amount of time and effort to ensure that your mobile payment process is easier than ever. They have always believed that unlike other social media apps that drive people apart from the real world, they bring people together online as well as offline. Through Blizmo, they will enhance your success through performance of greatest super app in the world. Blizmo app. Happy hour, every hour. Enjoy the podcast. Well, I appreciate you for letting us film you, for real. Yeah, because yeah. um, it's all about content. Got to make content. Yeah, that's what they say. Right. So anyway, um, I haven't even done a proper introduction. This is Olin. My name is Spooks McGee. This is the Late Bloomer Podcast. The second episode we're recording. This probably won't go up online until probably tonight or tomorrow, depending on when I do it. We have my homie Khaled here. Khaled, Khalid, Khalid. Khaled. Khaled. Nickname LB. LB. Yeah. El Boogie. El Boog. Hey, we out here. We out here. And so basically, yeah, I mean, we have a br- a, a Christian and a Muslim walk into a studio. <laughs> that's, the, that's the premise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, so um, but you said you won't put it up, but it is, it's live right now. It's live, but I'm but talking about like the actual as, okay. recording and like with the intro and the outro and like okay. all that that shit. Like and then like the artwork and it's like on YouTube, it's oh, on okay. SoundCloud, so all I'm that shit. About some real deal like editing. actually yeah. releasing it. Yeah, that yeah. that'll be online. So like in a couple days. So cool, cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, fresh off of uh, watching that Malcolm X, uh, uh, who killed Malcolm X documentary. Yeah. And uh, I felt like, you know, it would be dope to have this brother here, this Muslim brother here. Now, he's not a nation of Islam. They are two different things. He is a Muslim, a traditional Muslim. Sunni Muslim. Yeah. Sunni, yes. And I am a... Wow. I used to be a Seventh-day Adventist, and then I became like Pentecostal. a... Pentecostal. Not Pentecostal. I was a Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, okay, okay. Before I was a Seventh-day Adventist, I guess I kind of just floated around, yeah. and my grandmother plucked me out of nowhere and made me a Seventh Day Adventist and so that's what I became. Then that's I finally good, decided that I wasn't going to be Seventh Day Adventist anymore. Why? Uh, it's not really my bag. Yeah. Yeah. The, and so I don't, I, I still believe that you should put away the 24 hour Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, worship a day to set aside out of the seven days to, to worship because it is one of the commandments, you know? Right, They right. put it next to murder, they put it next to all that shit. So I was like, yeah, that's definitely something that we should put up there, but I haven't really practiced like a like, twenty-four hour Sabbath in a minute. I kind of like the Seven Day Adventists. Kind of, is it like, are they the ones that don't celebrate? Are that Jehovah Witness? 
I mean, a lot they don't of celebrate birthdays or no. A lot of religions do that where they don't celebrate birthdays or they don't celebrate holidays or something. But it's arbitrary. Like some people do it, some people don't. Yeah. <laughs> Up to the yeah, it's like you know, hey, you know, we do it, but we don't really believe that. But our kids <laughs> want to celebrate, that? so we're you gonna that? do you it. Hear that a lot. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, well, I don't do it, but you know, my my little 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 baby and them, yeah, they need yeah. to they need some gifts. I so. remember there was a thing where they were talking about. Um, this uh, guy was saying that he was Muslim and his mom was getting mad because she was like, the baby can't have Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my mom said. <laughs> you, you mean to tell me the baby can't have no Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my old school moms, they be like that, man. Uh-uh. I don't no, care what y'all saying. What, what y'all say? Yeah, I don't care what y'all, is y'all Muslim, <laughs> Jehovah's oh, Witness, yeah. or nothing. My baby's going to have that Christmas. What kind of God? What kind of God want to God allow celebrate baby to celebrate the baby Jesus? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much the, the hip, the, you know, the way you come up in America. That's, right. You know, black, did you fam- grow up, black families. Right. Did you grow up Muslim or did you uh, um, convert later in life? I kind of, kind of, well, to, I, grew, I, con- I converted at an early age, like 13. Oh. You know what I'm saying? But I was still, you know, under my mom's roof. So it was kind of like I had both. Right. But I went to church when I was young. So we, you know, my mom took me to church every Sunday and we did the oh, church wow. thing for a while. I did Sunday school and all Did you that. go to mosque too? I did I did mosque when I got older. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. when I got older. So what my, do you think is it like, you know, as far as like the two spectrums, you know? Um, I think they're fairly similar. Like a lot of the... Cause you know, we, Islam comes from. I mean, it's it's the religion of God. It's so every we we the the book the Bible is a book of God. The Torah is a book of God. We take from each, and then we say the Quran was the last revealed, the revelations last revealed okay. to Prophet okay. Muhammad okay. Islam. So it's kind of like being a Muslim is kind of like being a, a Muslim Christian and a Jew to an yeah. extent. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because it's like we take from all, and uh, we believe in Jesus. We believe in Abraham, Moses, right. and the last prophet Muhammad, so Salam and right. uh, yeah, so well there's a thing that I've taken which is pretty much not choosing anything. Yeah. It's like I believe in God, I believe in the philosophy of Jesus and the story of Jesus, yeah. but as far as like the technicality of everything, it's kind of fla- uh, lacks in my regard because there's too much um things that just like so i mean i personally just look at like you said i don't know i haven't read the torah or the quran yeah but if there is things that i have found in buddhism and judaism and in the muslim in islam in in christianity or any other sect that i found interesting or useful that i right. i would you know take it um and so that's why as a hip-hop artist i'm sampling i'm sampling everything yeah. and i sample all kinds of media just it's it's basically much sampling, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how it came to my yeah you know, my belief. I sampled. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like this, man. Every single religion, Catholic, Muslim, um, Christians, even Buddhists, even the Hindus have all got their dirt. Everybody yeah. got their dirt. Everybody got some shit that's yeah. really fucked up that they that, that in their history in their past. Yeah. And so I just think like we need to stop worrying about who or what the message is or what the dogma is and the whole group and the mass thinking and what exactly the message is because the message set precedence over you know humanity's errors, mm-hmm. humanity's flaws. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So back to your original question, mm-hmm. you said what's the similarities or what what kind of 
what do I find in Christianity and Islam to be alike? Yeah. Basically, the when you God is the jealous God. So the thing that I found amazing about Islam is the it's what we call a tawhid. It's the the oneness of God. So there's there's no Trinity. There's no God and the Son. There's just one God, the Creator, right. and who sent who sent human flesh to give the message or mm -hmm. re re relay the message, mm -hmm. and, you know, through revelation. So you have, you have Abraham, you have, you have Adam, the first, the, the beginning of creation, Adam and Eve. Yeah. Through that came <coughs> humanity, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, there came Moses, which was, which was the Jewish religion. The Jewish religion was birthed up, birthed from, um, it came Christianity through yeah. Jesus, and then from there came Prophet Muhammad and came Islam. So Islam is basically taking the focus off the the messenger per se, or right, right. the hierarchy of a human, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. focusing it on the Creator. So is that so is that the reason why you guys don't really like the idea that Elijah Muhammad is the prophet sent from God? That the nation of Islam tries to push. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of because there is, that kills everything. <laughs> okay, but what about Muhammad? Isn't he supposed to be one of those deities as well, or is that misinterpreted? He's a he's a prophet. He's the last one trying, but he's the comforter, and his his whole message was worship the Creator. Like it's not like he's he's so humble, or he's like oh okay, okay. he takes the present. You know what I'm saying? He takes he even takes Jesus, the back Jesus end like that too. Yeah, yeah. He takes the back end. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like no, don't um, don't he, follow me, or you know. Follow me as long as this, uh, what they call it, sane or yeah. you know, like it's. I feel like Jesus' message was sort of similar to that, and people yeah, misinterpreted. Yeah, people it. I don't think it. Jesus exactly. came and was like, "Yo, hey. worship me, I'm the shit." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? and that's and that's and that's what and that's what we say. That's why the Bible is is our book because yeah, yeah. it says that in the Bible right. in so many words. And then you have right. I don't know if it's what was it Paul or somebody that. Because there's so many Gospels in the Bible that were taken out that people don't know about. The Gospel of Barnabas. Yeah. And, I mean, but it's pretty much just the same thing. But it's just like Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Jordan or Kobe. You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're a Laker fan, you know. You're going to ride with Kobe more, yeah. Yeah, you know. And then I'll I, I look at, like, Lakers could be the... The overall. Well, you're you know going way over my head when you start talking about sports because I don't know shit about <laughs> no sports, no basketball, nothing. But uh, from what I hear, Kobe okay. is pretty good. Was yeah. pretty good, and Michael Jordan was also really good. I mean, I heard them in the barbershop. They'd be like, "Yo, yeah. yo, he he's the greatest." Right, right. Or whatever. So I don't I really know with hip hop like yeah, Jay Z. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay, oh, yeah. Jay, uh, that's more like my Jay, Jay, Jay Z and Beyonce like a like a hip hop uh, force. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, Together. Yeah. You don't take away what hip hop is as a whole, you know right? Right, right, right. If you start saying, "Yeah, I don't," you know, hip hop ain't nothing without Jay Z. Then yeah, yeah, you yeah. you start to right. focus more on the individual versus right. the whole broad picture yeah, of yeah. what hip hop did. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and that's so kind of like, how, yeah, that's what you're that's kind of how Islam is for me. Like yeah. I don't really care about who sent the message or what. right. I mean, I do to a per se, but as long as it gets me back to worshiping to where you gotta go, yeah, worshiping one God. God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing with me. It's like, okay, you could be like focusing on whether or not Jesus was 
black or whether right, where he lived exactly. at or what he did or whether the crucifixion actually happened, happened or all yeah. that. But what about what the he message. said? Yeah. Exactly. What about what he said or what like, or what he allegedly said? Exactly. Whatever. It don't matter. If we can't, you know, corroborate whether it's true or not. The point is that right. message is super important. Right. And y'all should be paying attention to that shit. <laughs> exactly. Versus like, oh well, Jesus ain't white. <laughs> Jesus right, ain't right. you know black black. Right, Who gives right. a fuck? And then the wor- the worst part is when people be like, well, uh uh, I, I I like uh, I respect your religion, but it's just so sad because you're gonna go to hell because you just get, you haven't accepted Jesus <laughs> in your that. heart. Oh, that's, that's so what you gonna me. do when when, when God yeah. asks you what, what happened, happened to Jesus? <laughs> what you gonna do, baby? The baby can't have Christmas. Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, so, that's real though. But um, yeah. So think back to Elijah Muhammad thing. So what was up with that? Like, how did he get? So so, so, so popular, and how did he start to like have I, people actually believe that he was like next to God? Like I've, I'm watching the documentary on yeah, Netflix. They, they, they talking about they like, yo, he is God. He is my they like. He is like dude. almost yeah. like a God to us. Yeah. Like, yo, this dude is yeah. a man with asthma. Like, you know, <laughs> like he's like, yeah, he had, yeah. your door. Like, I really believe that's the whole, like I really liked his essence and his message. It was yeah. basically uplifting black people, right? Right. Right. At the same time, the dude is like really small, yeah. really minuscule. Like how he's real he, smart. He was really how, knowledgeable. It's just his brain. Was he's that really knowledgeable? I mean, he just at that time he yeah. brought he brought Islam to black people, right. and he twerked it enough where it can give black people at that time hope. Hope. And, okay. You know what I'm saying? It's some yeah. type of like something to grab onto, and in in the midst of doing that, yeah. it became. Like, you guys are like like you guys are my students, my children. I'm your leader, mm-hmm. and then from there it went to well, now I'm, I'm your, your messenger, yeah, yeah. and now like they kind of I'm like your God, yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. kind of took you know took like they associated him with God himself. Like wow. if, my, if, if uh, Elijah Muhammad didn't say it, well, we ain't doing it. Like so, so it, it yeah. kind of became like a like a. Kind of like, like the military, a cult leader or something? not like a cult. Yeah, to an extent a cult, but like a like a military militant proact proactivist type yeah. situation where black people have got hope and they got some strength and some right, backbone. Right. So right, and I thought about it too, and I was, my friend said the same thing. It was like there's some organizations that at, at their core were generally just wanting to make people better and, yeah. and give them hope. And so that's what it was. The Black I Panthers, the, right. the what's the Marcus Garvey? Um, uh, he had he had a, he had a group as well that you know I think it was like UNA or something. I can't remember what it's called. UIA. That's gonna drive me crazy. Marcus, Marcus Garvey was from Jamaica. Jamaica, right? but he yeah. was in the states and he got exiled from yeah, the states. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know too much about the story, but I I know he's very important and. Black history. Um, but what were we talking about? I'm lost. I lost yeah, that's the nation of Islam. Oh right. yeah. So yeah. So the whole thing was, hey, there's there's an oppressive group of people that are trying to take us down. Let us get together. Let us militarize. Right. Let us learn how to fight. Let us learn how to protect yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Let us eat better. Let's right. ex- let's exercise. Let's you know respect women. Let's. So right. they, it, I understand that in a in the midst of the chaos in a world where they believe that there was no hope for integrating and being a part of the society Tidy, in America, yeah. yeah, that this was an alternative. This was a new world. They were about to build a whole let's, nation. Exactly. Let's educate. Let's congregate. And let's you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I fuck with the idea, yeah. but then it got out of hand. It, it got, it, yeah. I mean. So, and I and I'm from New York, New Jersey. And it became like a it became like a gang. Like, yeah, kind of like follow, like if you stop following us, we're gonna we're yeah, gonna whack you. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. the mob. Like, you know what I'm saying? Dudes were really saying things like, "Yo, if you don't um, follow honorable like Muhammad, Muhammad, your life 
is gonna be on the line. Like yeah. they would allude to like we would kill you if you yeah. did, like real shit. Yeah. And it got out of hand. And that's where I think that the whole um Who Killed Malcolm X documentary starts to show, you know, how Malcolm X was so powerful and starting to get membership and yes. getting people to change yes. their lives. But at the same time he got so powerful that everyone started getting jealous. He he outgrew the the Elijah Muhammad movement. His brain literally outgrew. He became he was never to be contained in that sect of people for the amount of time that he they wanted him to. You Did Elijah Muhammad even go to Mecca? No. I mean he well he I wanna say he was he came from Somewhere over the middle, like that's where he got. Yeah, his where room. is he from? Where, where's I that have no accent? Idea. That's a good from? question. Yeah. That's a good question. Anyway, because he's not all the way black. He's yeah, yeah. He's mixed with like uh, Arabic or we something. Probably or Arab, find that. Arabia. Alexa, where was Elijah Muhammad born? So they wanted to contain Malcolm X. Found on reference.com. The Prophet Muhammad was born in 570. No, see, exactly. That's what Arabia. that's what you're supposed to hear when you say Muhammad. No, no. <laughs> Alexa. Elijah Muhammad. Nation. When was Elijah Muhammad born and where? Elijah Muhammad was born on October 7th, 1897. How would you rate your experience on a scale from one to five? Uh, fucking one. one. <laughs> Shit. You, you went from a soul. You went from left to right. Quick. Alexa, where was Excuse Elijah Muhammad was, born? Just, I think Here's was, something I found on reference.com. The Prophet Muhammad was born in They're talking about Muhammad. Talking the about Prophet Brahma. Muhammad in Mecca. Yeah. Okay, so we're not going to find that out right now from Alexa because <laughs> she don't know what the hell she's talking F about. The FBI got that sealed. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, are you listening to our conversation? Yeah, definitely. I only listen after you say the wake word. To learn more, yeah. visit Amazon.com slash Alexa Privacy. I will Alexa, do you work for the FBI? <laughs> no, I'm not employed by them. <laughs> I'm employed by Amazon. Who who employs you? Amazon? Alexa. That's like hey, you know dude's the richest. What the dude's the richest in the world Sorry, right now? The Amazon guy? Alexa, is Jeff Bezos the devil? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> okay, at least she's honest. That's her boss, you know, she's not gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's Okay. Not gonna say so the whole thing about the Malcolm thing. So so basically, uh I'm from New Jersey, right? Yeah. And well, I was I lived most of my life in Jersey, Dude. and yeah, and right. so there was a huge Muslim community in New Jersey, as you can see from the documentary. Still now, to yeah, this day, yeah, that were like prominent. They would make they had mad businesses. They were doing the damn thing, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And uh, they were killing it. And then they actually they actually ended up killing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard it's to not funny, bro. <laughs> not funny but the the thing i'm thinking about like i'm from jersey right yeah and, and i know that there's a lot of shiesty people in jersey like real really? raunchy raw yeah. like thug thug yeah worse than new york i don't know man they it's close grimy, it's right? pretty they grimy yeah, though yeah. they grimy so i was when i saw that it was new some new jersey dudes that that, that yeah. killed Malcolm. that yeah. was like ooh, yeah it's kind of yeah I, I get i see that happening yeah you know yeah. <laughs> but our religion teaches us that you can be a bad person and come to be good. I mean, it's not like you once. It's not like once you're bad seed, you always a bad seed. But majority of the time, that's kind of how it ends. If you don't find inner peace, I believe. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I was, I'm joking, kind of about the whole North, yeah. New York dude thing. But at the same time, um, that's what I I saw. This dude, um, regular schmo, 
just yeah. decided to start doing some crazy research with some good old-fashioned obsession. Like, nobody yeah. really is obsessed with anything nowadays except for right. social media. Like, we have to, in order for this to even be relevant, go live right. on two different platforms to make it even worth something. Then I got to put it true. on YouTube. Then I got to put it on Instagram. Then I, right. In order for it to make sense. So, back in the day, people actually had genuine obsessions. Like, yeah. yo, I just want to know everything that there is to know about Led Zeppelin, and then that's the, right. their obsession for ten years. Exactly. I'm gonna collect all the Led Zeppelin exactly. memorabilia. I'm gonna watch all yeah. the movies, all the documentary. Yeah. I'm gonna listen to all the songs. So this guy was pretty much like a fanatic about you know trying to solve this murder. Yeah, and essentially, according to him, he solved it. Yeah, it was the guy who had the shotgun. Right, right? but, but was, if if you watch the last the last uh, what is it the last episode of that yeah. documentary. Kind of like a question mark, like he's to be continued. Like he did find out, okay, who the, who the shotgun guy was and what happened. He ended up dying of natural causes or what happened. Right. But he still wasn't satisfied. He he kind of went out. He ended that documentary on some like, uh, I'm not giving up, but you know this is where it concludes at. Because I believe I must have missed that part. Because it sounds like you're saying like he came to a dead end where he was like they was yeah. like eh, you know did that. They were trying to stop him. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know because okay, so most is, of the. Back, yeah. in, back then, most of the, a lot of uh, Nation Islam is eventually crossed over like like Malcolm did. They yeah. kind of like went on a broader scale and just accepted Islam as a whole mm. from the roots of, you know, Saudi Arabia where, you know, yeah. Islam comes from and Prophet Muhammad. So they kind of like, you know, outgrew the Nation Islam thing. Right. So you, them guys was like, hey, man, sh- just, yeah. just stop where you at, man. Just let it go, man. You don't want to go deeper. Yeah, yeah. We might have to. We, you might have to find you in somebody's alley or something. You right, know, but. right. And so it's like the Wild West back then. Like everyone yeah. was killing people, and they were like, "Well, that's what happens when you do such and such." And like, what the fuck? And so, <laughs> um, but I was thinking about this. Okay, so the whole thing about every there's so many questionable things that happen, and then of course, like the fact that there were so many agents, they were hiring random hood dudes just come through and like investigate, yeah. be, be like, hey, you want to sign up real quick to be a police? We don't have black cops. We need to, it's going to be real yeah. suspicious if there's a white guy just sitting in the right. mosque. Like we got to get all these people. So right. the idea that there were so many secret agents, so many people that worked for the FBI, so many coin, uh, cointel or um, uh, what was it called? Um, <clears throat> Something intelligence. Oh, cooperative co- 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 co-op intelligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Co- co- Cointel Pro. Yeah, Cointel yeah, Pro. Yeah, these guys are everywhere. The ones yeah. that found out that Malcolm was cheating, that um, uh, Martin Luther King had a, had mistresses and shit, like, yeah. and was going to use that against him. Right. Um, I feel like while so uh, the, this is what I was talking about in the in the docu- in the comment section of on Instagram today. Facebook today, people were telling me, look, man, you know, all this stuff that, that this guy found is just the stuff that they wanted him to know and that yeah. there's more. There's more. There is. There's, there's more people that are involved. And wow. I thought maybe like, okay, the reason why the police and the FBI are responsible is because um, they didn't do anything after his house got bombed. They, 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 they didn't keep his surveillance up. How and they, about they kept him wide open. How about they're the ones that... Uh, orchestrated the bombing. That's what I'm saying. So some people say they, they orchestrated the bombing. Not only that, they orchestrated the shooting. Shooting, that, yeah. That the people that were standing in front of him were holding weapons that didn't really have anything in there and that oh, they were shooting okay. from other places. I'm like, I don't believe in uh, that kind of conspiracy theory stuff. But at the same time, it's just like... But you see all the bullet holes, though. Yeah, I mean, what what's the reason why they took the podium and put it in the basement? Right. That's weird, dude. You want us to find that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird. 
So if they were, in fact, shooting blanks, then how could they have put all those bullet holes in the podium? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Right. So I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. It's kind of like, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's conspiracy kind of, yeah. theory. This isn't the conspiracy theory podcast. Okay? Right. But it's it's interesting. And it um, is. Uh, as a person who is now a, a, a traditional, you said Sunni? Yeah, Sunni Muslim. Yeah. In, in America, what do you think about like the way that all the whole election and everything is going or the whole the back when they had the Muslim ban and they were and they were giving people a hard time for wearing uh their um hijabs, the hijabs and their yeah. and, and, and praying. Yeah. And do you think that this is against Muslims or people who look like Muslims? Like what is the what is the angle that these people have? Like what do you think this is about? Is um, it just that they're afraid that to challenge their religion? Oh, that's a deep question. I think I think it's just a <laughs> A matter, uh, a matter of misunderstanding, like misconceptions. I mean, there are. Do you think that Islam is a is a religion of peace? I believe yes, I definitely do. What about all the stuff in Sharia law and things that you know are violence? You know, yeah, Sharia law, Sharia law, when done correctly and practiced the right way, is a very violent. Um, no, not violent. I wouldn't say that. Oh, <laughs> very. <laughs> it 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 it, help, it helps. It 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 keeps down. A lot of things. Now, some people abuse it. Like, okay, basically, one of the laws in Sharia law, if you get caught stealing, you... They cut off your limbs, right? Yeah, but that's not like after one time of stealing. Like, there's a there's there's incidents that lead to this. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. just, you know, and it's to remind you that, you know, hey, I stole. You know, I'm not going to steal again. And that's just more of a... So you think that... In the vein of Christianity, when they have metaphors and similes that are very it's violent, metaphor, that's yeah. just kind of like a metaphor. Like, uh, if if something happens, uh, what is this? What is the scripture? Thou shalt not kill. No, something about your right eye that you should get. Oh, like oh, some people like to take it literally. What? Alexa. Yeah, what take is the scripture literally. about the right eye? The plank. The, the, what you talking about? What Greg says? The whole. Sorry, I don't know that, but uh, I do have a skill you might like. Alexa, what the f? Do you know, Alexa? Alexa, be quiet. No, it says something about. Now I gotta have to. Don't worry it. about the plank and. No, the, no, it's not the plank in your eye. It's. Oh, an eye for an eye. Or? No, take out your eye. Bible scripture. Oh, okay. <laughs> it says in the King James version. It says, "You hypocrite! First, remove the beam from your own." No, that's not. It's the same one, all right? There was a guy that was in um, Wu Tang, I think. Wu Tang. Yeah, he gouged his no. It was like an R and B singer or something. He gouged his eyeball out, cut off his penis, and jumped out of a window. I have no idea. what And he said about. that it was because the scripture said that if his eyes see something, then he must uh, gouge his eyes out or something. I can't remember. Anyway, the point I'm making is I it's not a, supposed to be taken literally. literally you actually yeah. have to take your eyeball out of your face. Right, right. It's, it's more a, like it's a, it's a metaphor. Right? Yeah, it's more like cover it up and don't you know look that way or something. You know. <laughs> you see, you see, well, well, we can go on and on. We can talk forever about this, but yeah. the, the whole point is that um, we can all work together, regardless of which yeah. which degree that you choose to right. go towards. Now, as me as a Muslim, I don't really have as no, I don't really have a problem being Muslim. I feel like I feel like I'm blessed in my faith. I feel like uh, you know some of the stereotypes and some of the uh, discriminations I've I've eluded. Like I don't really. See them. I hear from other people. Maybe that. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I really don't. And people know I'm Muslim. But they, I guess maybe I'm a big guy. They kind of <laughs> keep to stay away. But right. I don't really see. You know, 
It's just I, I kind of weigh it the same way as being black. It gives me the same like obstacles of being black, which there are not really that many obstacles of being black. I think being black is a beautiful thing. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, mean, I'm like you know I might get I might get overlooked at, at a job or two. Yeah, or I yeah, might yeah. you know walking into an all white neighborhood grocery store. Yeah, you know, yeah. but as I, but when I speak, it's. Oh okay. okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that whole thing is weird in general. Like um to be cautious at first just because a person has a beard. It's so weird. But like I'm gonna tell you something, dude. Like I've I've always had issues because I look Mexican. So people always are or Puerto Rican or something. Yeah. So people always have kind of been weird to me, especially in the South. Um but when I started growing out my beard and my locks, bro. Security oh, yeah. clearance got way more difficult. Yeah, I used to go to the damn yeah. gym all the damn time. All of a sudden, where's your ID? You just scan your card. I'm like, oh, what the f- I just, yeah, I scan my card. Leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy, bro. It is. It is. It um, is. But and it's all how you present yeah, yourself. Yeah. You and know? at the end of the day, if you get used to it, yeah, and you kind of like realize, okay, this is what's I kind of then you low key feel sorry for them for being like so that's, stupid. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> so I don't look at it as like a hindrance towards me. I yeah. feel I feel sorry for the person who's that close minded. Yeah. In life, in this day and age, like you're still locking your door when I'm crossing the street, or you still, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm pulling up in the yeah. a brand new car. Right. Why would I want your car? One thing I learned yeah. from living in the hood is that most hood dudes just want to live and just do something. They just want to, yeah. you know, not be, yeah. you know, struggling, and they just kind of want to have fun or whatever. Yeah. But I, you know, there's only there are thugs and people that are deplorables, right? But they're few and far between, and they 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 just make the most noise. They yeah. they cause the most ruckus, but they're right. not that much, you know, uh, riff raff all over the place. You know, right. most of the people are they just want to live, man. Everyone right. wants to just kind of live. And what I noticed is not even about black and white anymore. Now it's it's, not. it's about class, like everything. Class. It's about race. It's about um, you know, financial status. Um, yeah, you know, rich versus poor. Right, and it's getting kind of you crazy. got some you got some uh, white people that you know that. That try to mimic us, or actually, I know some white people that grew up in the hood that's <laughs> more thug than you know, since when my big homies. Yeah. So, and I'm gonna give you a prime get... example of, of like I can totally understand that the the um the feeling behind yeah. not knowing, right? Right. Because right. here's the thing: I'm so far disconnected from white poor's poor white people, like poor white Southern people. Yeah. The culture. It's just so beyond anything that I can fathom. Yeah. So it took a while for me doing pest control to start to understand these people. Even me, who's a black man, I would be weirded out by people who chewed snuff, who hunted. You'd who be what? Out? You'd be weirded out, like kind of like out, feeling yeah. like super out of place and super so, awkward and super like is that I don't most, know. Like it, they chew snuff. They 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 drive big trucks. They they wear camouflage. They wear the dirty yeah. hat. They uh, they like to go to monster truck shows. They like to hunt. They got the deer on the wall. Right. They like that deer that uh, wood aesthetic. They like to go, you know, fucking fishing. Ghetto. Yeah, fucking ghetto. They white live in people, white trash. Yeah, they live. Don't say white trash. <laughs> They're not trash. They just okay. yeah, just have this a culture. Yeah. It's a and culture it's thing. a culture. I think I see that it's a culture, but at the same time, um, a lot of them uh, think that the only option that they have is to like live in a trailer in the, in the middle area. of nowhere, and um, it's a uh, it's very very similar to, to people that live in the ghetto because a lot yeah. of people I've known have never left. 
their their state, living in the yeah. same situation. I know people that never left the west side of Atlanta. That's or, crazy. Yeah, That's crazy. For real. And the idea is that they're just afraid of what's on the other side, or yeah. everyone around them is telling them that they're not worth whatever they think. Like they're they're not worthy of right. being happy and being healthy and um, all this shit. So they kind of like just like exist, you know. Right. And um, I, I I could see how easy it is to fall into that trap because when I was living in the streets, homeless. Um, that was about 10, almost 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Some of the people that I was hanging around out there are still out there. 10 years later, dog. Yeah. No progress whatsoever. That's kind of a choice, right? I feel like it's a choice. I feel like you have to, in order to really climb, humble yourself and go to somebody and be like, yo, dog, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked up, bro. Like, yeah. what, what can you do to help me, brother? You know? That's and some, that takes do. a lot for some people, bro. It like, does. when you when you step into the program, and do you mind talking about that? Um. No, somewhat. Not. I'll talk about homelessness, but not. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, but when I was homeless, yeah. I, oh, you were I, homeless. Yeah, I was okay, homeless. You okay yeah. talking about that? Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> when I was homeless, I was down. I was rock bottom. So. Yeah. And then I, I guess I stayed there so long because of the pride, and I figured I could pull myself out, and I wasn't really. No, there was no one really around me. That was able to tell me, "Hey, man, you falling off." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. You know, I would see my family so far in between, and my mom would give, you know, she would tear a hole in my ass, but <laughs> the people I was around, they was doing the same shit I was doing, so it was it was no, I couldn't really see what the fuck was going on, so when I finally got tired, it took a while, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have no problem saying, hey, I need some help, right, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, it's a combination just, of two things. You have to you have to have some kind of a foundation awareness. Yeah, of well, faith. Like it could be religion, but some people, yeah. if they don't, if they're not religious, they'll lean towards stuff like AA or, or yeah, therapy, or NA and they or... take it in a, in a manner of religious because yeah. they do it every day. Every yeah. day, it's like that's right. their community. That's their. Right. You gotta right. have a support system. You know what I mean? And uh, sometimes that, even that, going to a place and saying like, "Hey, I want to be a part of your community," and I know that I'm not in there yet, and I'm an outsider. That's weird right. as fuck too. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So, that's real. Yeah. But um, one of the things that I did want to talk about, too, was on the documentary with Malcolm X, um, the scene where they were questioning his wife. Oh. That hit me. Yeah, that, that was deep. But you see how she held it, though? She was strong, bro. Strong. I know she was, like, ready to <laughs> slap the F yeah, out of one of them, yeah, but yeah, she, yeah. Was, she didn't answer. She just kept it quiet. That's that's good. Um, That was good character on her part. Right. Right. You know, but one of the the structures of a lot of these things is marriage. Marriage is a really important thing that the the feminine uh, um, contribution to a lot of these organizations like Christianity, like churches and and the Catholic religion, the nuns. And, you know, there's so much uh, feminine energy that's so important and seen as important um, that, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's um, a cooperative type of a, a, a situation where you know they're working with us and we're working with them and we're trying to do it. But I feel like um, the landscape that we've created in 2020 does not cultivate good marriage, good long term relationships. Social media, man. I, I think it's deeper than social media. It's deeper than social media, but that's a that's a start because you can you know you, you try to find beauty in the wrong places like in the wrong aspect of a right. when you like looking for a woman i guess you know you want to you want to be attracted to your wife you want right, right. you know you want to be sexually attracted to your wife but you also want to be mentally compatible with her you want to 
be able to be with someone that you can grow with. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, it's so instant gratification out here. Like the millennials, it's like, oh, this ain't working. I'm, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So marriages is, is failing at a high rate. But I believe in marriage. I believe in the, the sanctity of marriage. I think that's um, very important for men, um, men and women, you know, of I all think races. The problem is that um, if there's no long term like deeply goal, rooted, yeah. not goal, but long term deeply rooted. Um, uh, I can't. Describe, I wouldn't say religion, but there needs to be an ideal that is deeply rooted that's equal. Yeah, that you know this this equal yoke, even yoke thing that people yeah. say. It's not uh, that far off. Like right. if you believe that saying an oath before God yeah. in front of your friends and family is sacred. Right. then you would work very hard to try to make sure that you keep it intact. Right? right. But if you believe that, oh, you're just doing a thing, that everyone does this thing, then divorce is just right around the corner. corner yeah. It doesn't matter. You know? Exactly. It, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Yeah. And so I feel like if you don't have that, that long-term, deeply-rooted ideal that was set into you as a child, and then right. you don't find someone who has a similar ideal, then you're not going to match because they can't see the, the bigger picture. They admire marriages that have lasted 30, 40 years. I, I think it's generational. Have, like, yeah. like for your family, like, okay, my mom and my dad got divorced when I was, when I was still a, a toddler. So, mm -hmm. you know, I have that. Then my grandma, she wasn't married. To that that I know of, or, you know, not too long. So it's like what you it's what you see. It's what you mirror what you see in the household. So right. if there's no, you know, nowadays the generation that we're in, mm -hmm. we coming from the generation of single moms. You know what I'm saying, or single dads. So hmm. you you kind of see a home that's already divided. So you kind of have this attitude where like I live or die alone. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you get with somebody that don't necessarily agree with you. Once, twice, three times, you're like, bump, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Instead of making it, instead, like you said, having that deep, deep rooted, like, I'm going to make, I'm going to stick around. Because what you got to know about marriage is not all, it's 99% of the time, or it's like 75% of the time, it's not going to be all good peaches yeah. and creams, you know? Well, I have an even, an even deeper idea about why it's not working. Okay, anymore. go ahead. Okay. So let's say that you're a, you're a woman, right? You can't even vote. Right. And as soon as you leave your house, the first thing you do is get married. Right. After you after that. Right. Then you now you're under the under the care of your husband. Right. right. So there's no in between. You don't have time to learn, to go to school, to yeah. get a college degree. So the only option that you have is going from being a daughter to being a wife, to yeah. being a mother. Right. And you have nothing. That's your whole life. Right. So next thing you know. Women started to say, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Right? I want to be a part of this society. I want to shake and bake with what's going on. Yeah. And, I, and I feel that that's good. That's amazing. I love yeah. feminism. But at the same time, it low-key, uh, slowly but surely, messed up what would be considered the marriage thing. Right? Now, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. All I'm saying is that this is what could have potentially happened to marriage. Right? Which means that, okay... Back in the day, the whole inside, the sociological structure was based on the idea of marriage. It was necessary, right? In order for you to do this, the wife had to have this job and the husband had to have that job on the farm, right? Yeah. I'm talking about like, okay, in the morning, the husband goes out and he, he, you know, throws the bales while the wife milks the cows and the kids do dot, dot, dot. And you know that in order for 
uh, things to work, the whole structure is yeah. based around marriage. You have to have the yeah. wife does this, the husband does that, yes. the kids do that, the grandma right. does that. Honestly. That was the way it was set up. Uh, yeah, right? or the household right. would fall right. apart. But yeah. it, it goes even deeper than that. Someone told me that um, they believe that that the separation of, of families was deliberate. You think like it was put in place? Yeah, because by, if you look at government assistant programs, the way that they're set up, the way that they're set up is basically it favors a woman if she's single. If you yes. if, if you're living in Section Eight and they yeah. find out that there's a man in the house, yeah. they kick you off. Yeah, you know, and you're more likely to get more money if it's if it's a one person yeah. household and everything about all these uh, government structures. Um, while they were initially set into place to help to get people to offset the the, the difficulties of segregation and and racism, at the end of the day. It ended up de- being detrimental, and I feel that people saw that it could be potentially detrimental, and they pushed it, made it harder, and made it made it more possible for it to actually hinder us. I think that's true. And I think so, it was put in place purposely. So, I mean, originally to to break up break up black families, and now it's trickling down into white families. Yeah. So I think that. It's um like you said, it's not a black or white thing anymore. Yeah. It's a poor versus wealthy. Well, well, I see yeah. a lot of poor white people that are waiting for their check. Using they can't the do same, anything until they get their check. Using right? the same right. system, right. yeah. And the system is in play where it's basically like, um, well, if I have a mental illness or I have a problem or physical disability, then I can get a check. Right. So I don't have to worry about working. And right. Then I could smoke and I could chill and I could yeah. do thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a, but that's a cap, though. Like yeah. You, you can get to a certain level and it's capped out. Well, right. Who wants to live with $800 a month for the rest of their life? Or I guess I guess the maximum is like 1200 Right. Like the second that I was able to be self-sufficient, when the opportunity arose to apply for food stamps, I said, let's see if we can do it ourselves. Yeah. It's just something about Doing it yourself. Like, yeah. You know, it just feels better. The food tastes better. Tastes I better. Tastes <laughs> out. Yeah. Appreciate it. You know? Yeah. Um, but Not just buying junk food. Yeah. You know? You got... <laughs> yeah, for real. But, um, and I hate to, I don't want to bring every episode to racism is the problem. Yeah, I know, but. However, <laughs> kind of I feel like in 2020, like everything that we're seeing, or most things that we're seeing are a result of systematic racism coming to a head. Um, and yeah. one of the things is the idea that Hey, we could work together and we could make it so that uh, we could change the landscape of what black marriage and marriage in general actually means. Mm-hmm. Or we could be just basic bitches and just fucking divorce and be over with. Mm-hmm. Or we could give up and, you know, just keep continuing the cycle of broken families. So let me ask you this. So yeah. what do you, you mind if I ask you about your marriage? I mean, I'm not really trying to give up too much yeah, like, yeah, personal yeah. stuff. Yeah. What you want to know? I mean, like, I guess what I was gonna say is like, yeah. what changed there? Like, what what was the deciding factor that made that not work, or what made you? Well, made, my friend give up. Yeah, my friend. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> friend. His problem was that he didn't have the uh, the not the knowledge, right, yeah. of how to be fiscally responsible, right? Okay, and that goes back again in my opinion, to systematic racism. Because if you're living in an environment, right, where there's no father, right, where there's no example, right, and the grandmother is there and she's working, right, and she's doing her thing, right, Mm -hmm. she she might be making all the right financial decisions, right, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't have the time 
to sit down and explain to you what life insurance is, to explain to you what credit is, to explain to you what, um, you know, renters insurance is or, or mortgage is. She, like, she has no time <coughs> to tell you what an LLC is or a 501c3 is or yeah. what a business She doesn't have time to tell you. She has four children that she's taking care of and she needs to go to work and then come back home and go to sleep and then do the same thing all over again. So what happens is you wake up one morning, 33 years old, and you don't know anything about credit. You don't know anything about anything, really. And so, you know, there's a quote from Tupac where he talks about, like, you know, a lot of people get a head start from their dad or from, you know, their thing. Or they can see an example of a business person, a person mm-hmm. that does something that is business related, that, that is kind of second nature for them to understand how mm-hmm. to run businesses, right? So I think that this is the reason why a lot of black businesses fail. Because we have to kind of figure it out as we go along or go to school for it. And a lot of people don't have time to go to school to understand basic business principles. Mm-hmm. And so... Me now, in my later age, I'm, I'm actually, I've actually started to gain an interest in business business and understanding how finances work, understanding how to itemize taxes, understanding having your businesses, um, you know, uh, uh, DBAs and your LLCs and all that shit. Um, but if I'd have known that shit when I was 25, right. I would be straight because I've had a lot of great ideas for the longest, right? Mm-hmm. The only problem is that I have no idea how to execute these ideas. And I've spoken to people in their 40s that like, like say to me, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. Okay, what you going to do? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll just post something on Instagram. It's like, dude, did you make a business plan? Right. Did you write together a proposal for, for you know? Right. <laughs> like, People don't even know yeah. how to write. Do you know how much proposal. collateral you're going to need to be able to start the business? Do you have a physical? There's so many different things. That aspects we, of it. Aspects of it that we don't know. So anybody can want to be a business person. Right. right. But do you have the acumen and the knowledge to actually execute the idea? True, indeed. And most people don't. Yeah. Most people don't. Like, there's a lot of people who want to do a podcast. Mm. Right? Someone hit me up the other day. It was like, yo, I really want to do this podcast. I don't really know. How do I get started? Where do I do it? Like, you know, but I have a homie who has two podcasts. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, this is how you do it. You need to get your RSS feed going. You need to get uh, your YouTube going. You need to get your Twitter going. You need, they, they, they put me on game, right? But because he has firsthand experience, he was able to put me on game. A mm. lot of people are just winging it. That's why there's so many indie rappers that ain't popping that are good. There's so many people that do podcasts, run businesses, sell jewelry, do all this shit. But they're not, they're not mapping it out first before mm-hmm. they launch, mm-hmm. right? And I went to this place, the CBD shop, man. Everything was mapped out in detail. The aesthetic, where things were placed, whether or not people were to question the authenticity of the CBD. Oh, we got it right here. Boom. Here's the lab reports. Mm-hmm. It's like they thought of everything. Right. And before they even launched and did their grand opening, they had the Twitter, they had the Instagram, they had the Facebook, they had all the social media things already highly engaged, right? So this is because they had two businesses before that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, imagine somebody says, I'm going to open a restaurant. You know, they could probably do a good job starting a successful restaurant if they understand the basics of how to, um, you know, uh, food prep and, and, and health um, uh, regulations and how to make sure that everything is in the right place in the proper order and you know making sure that you, you meet all the government standards as far yeah. as being able to run a business etc cetera, etc cetera, to run a restaurant etc cetera, etc cetera, right but the one problem is that you're going to see that there is a workflow the experience that we just don't have mm-hmm. and the problem that I also noticed was that integration started to kill what could have been uh, a good opportunity for us to be 
uh, fiscally responsible. So when granddad who owned the, the corner, the, the black corner store, you know, when it became the corner store, it was just like, well, the market is now open to everyone. And so integration is great. Because, you know, it's unity, right? But it also killed the black dollar and made it so that it was impossible for the black dollar to circulate within the black community. And so what happens is that um, when when these, I saw it on the um, documentary that uh, Killer Mike did, yeah. when these older, when these new gen, the new generation looks on the documentation and it says you own a gas station in, in Buckhead and they go, what do I want that for? I'm going to sell that shit and I'm going to go buy a high rise and, and, and I'm going to live good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they didn't see the value of having a, the short, the long-term business, like sitting down at the countertop. Welcome to the gas station. How may I help you? Stocking the shelves. You know, talking to the vendors. They didn't see the value in that. They didn't see the value in that. Value in that. And so one thing I noticed is that, okay, the one thing, another problem that I'm also noticing too is that there's so many different types of black people yeah. that it's really hard for us to go, okay, that's my people. Let's work. Right? Yeah. That's why... Indian people have got a lockdown on the Dunkin' Donuts and the Subway franchises yeah. because you know an Indian person when you see an Indian person that's an Indian person that's my Indian brother right they might not even technically be related they might just be homies they might state. not even get along yeah, back home they might not get along back home or anything right but the idea is well you're my brother I'm your yeah. brother let's do it you we, know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. and so the same thing applies to Jamaicans This is, I call this place Stone Mountain because it's mad st- uh, Jamaicans out here <laughs> <laughs> it's like Stone Mountain no no Stone Mountain uh, yeah. but um what you'll see is the same thing. There's a lot of Jamaican businesses, restaurants, clubs, yeah. grocery stores that specifically is Jamaican because the Jamaican knows the Jamaican. Mm-hmm. But a black American who is so far removed from the history, they're not going to be able to identify with another black person. Yes. Like, what's your ethnicity? What's your what's your roots? Where do you come from? I've heard people say shit like, I'm regular black, just regular black. <laughs> what does that what, mean? What does that regular mean? Regular black. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> just a regular black. Yeah. Well, you're not like African or nothing. No, I just, you know, regular black. It's plain old black. It's plain old black. I'm from, uh... I'm from yeah. black, Blackington, uh... uh <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm black in the black, and I'm, I'm black, and I'm black, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true, though. Um, so that's, it, it, it's, it's a lot of problems. So the problem is that this, right? We get so phased out by the social media, by the, by people moving and shaking or the proposed or supposedly d- living their best life and doing all this shit that we don't really think about the reality of what's going on. Right. Yeah. The reality is there's people here that care about you. Right. And if we stop arguing and fighting and we put our heads together and work together, we can figure out a way to make this work. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. But some people want it to happen overnight. They want to wake up one morning. They put, they put a timer on it too. They'll go, well, if, I, if it doesn't happen by the time I'm 32, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah. So right now I'm th- I'm 31. I better I better do some drastic shit, right? But you could but being you know getting on when you're 40 is just as relevant as getting on when you're when 30, 25. Yeah. You're getting on is getting on, bro. Yeah. And you're gonna live life when it happens. You'll know it happens. And that's why I'm so focused on God. So much more focused on God time than I am on my personal time. Yeah. Because whenever you speak to God and you say some shit like Yo, this is um you know my plan, <laughs> your plan. You talking about your plan? <laughs> your plan? Yeah. Get out of here, bro. Get out of here, for real. Yeah, your plan. I didn't plan. God to, is the best of planners. Yeah, man. I didn't plan to be anywhere near Gwinnett. 
Yeah. I plan on living with my grandmother and going to college, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, my life took a whole nother turn. I went to, I, did, I made all the right decisions, dude. I mean, not all the right decisions, but most of the right decisions. I wasn't out there thugging, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I didn't, I never got high or drunk. Right. You know, I'm not like, I said this shit the other day, like, how can I be a bourgeoisie Negro who keeps ending up in ghetto ass situations? <laughs> That's really yeah. what it is. And my conclusion to that is, how do I end up in that situation? Because being a black person in America, no person, rich, poor, uh, smart, dumb, whatever, you're not safe from systematic racism. You will be targeted yeah. by the system. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. It might be now. It might be when you're 50. It might be when you're an old man or young yeah. man. It's going to happen. It's going to happen once in your life. But the problem, the difference is that black people are spiritual people. They're deeply mm. spiritual people. And that stuff they try to do don't work. Don't work. It's not gonna, it, it never works. It never is going to work. That's why hip-hop is still a problem. I think that's why hip-hop, in my opinion, people think that it isn't, but it is. It's one of the only true art forms that hasn't been tainted by black by white supremacy. Like, by capitalism and white supremacy. At its core, yeah, there are a lot of things that do have that. Like, it's, it's wasteful, it's foolish, whatever. Yeah. That's not hip-hop. That's just the mainstream pop that pops up on the, on the front page. But right. hip-hop still exists all over the world in the same form, in the same manner that they had initially intended. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's the five elements, it's the culture, it's the, it's, you know, it's getting together. It's really, they, that shit still exists. Right, whether you believe it or not, whether you think that hip hop is dead or whatever the fuck you talking about, like there's too much material uh, out there for people that be acting like this shit is not not popping. It's no. not popping in, in the fashion that you like. Yeah. Whatever style of hip hop you like, you want conscious, you want gangster, you, you want th- you can find it, right? Yeah. And if you want to sit around and complain about how none of the new music is coming out and it's not, it's not, you're just being lazy. Yeah. You're just being lazy. And I think the same thing applies to people who talk about religion. It's like. You know, you can sit here and complain all day about what your your leaders did or what how bad these people are or how but are you going to do the work to find the thing that appeases to your soul, yeah. makes you, you know, seek God in the fashion that you wish to, or are you just gonna sit around and complain yeah. about how shitty um religious people are? Which one are you gonna do? Right. So who killed marriage? Who killed marriage? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I flipped it on you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the answer to who killed marriage is very complex, obviously. It's systematic racism. It's social media. It's, um, what else? Uh, um, Fiscal irresponsibility. uh, Fiscal um, ignorance. uh, Not understanding finances. Not understanding what true love is. Not taking your mental health seriously. (laughs) There's so many different factors. You know, not taking care of your physical health. Look at me. I got the jiggly belly. You know what I'm saying? All that shit. Yeah, I got the, you know. (laughs) All that shit is just a problem. Yeah. So, um, hold on. We're we're, we're getting in on an hour, but I have a friend that I wanted to call. Her name is Jack. She's pretty dope. If you want to do a quick call with her, that would be dope. Before you have to go. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. What's Jack? Who's Jack? What's she going to I'm going to tell you about Jack. Jack is dope. Hold on.
this is a brother. I think I might. I'm, I'm gonna talk to him first. Hold on. Hey, um, do you mind being on our show real quick? It's about um, marriage and how it's dead, and we killed it. Yes, I damn sure can line up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, who killed it? We did? So, it's a combination of different things that we've come to a conclusion as to what exactly killed hip-hop. I mean, <laughs> killed marriage. It's, it's um, systematic racism, um, social media, um, uh, fiscal irresponsibility, Fiscal ignorance, financial, financial ignorance, and uh, not taking your mental health seriously, and then being addicted to drugs and alcohol, and not and not taking your physical health seriously. That's true. Well, not only that, the culture has a lot to play with. It. We'll say that again. The culture. The culture has a lot lot to do with it too. The way you're brought up. The I culture. Say something to me oh yeah, we were talking about that earlier about how you're, you're deep rooted, um, whatever your religion or whatever <laughs> your, your on core values are. Right. Yeah, then that makes but, you do you do you oh, value I think, it? I think it goes way beyond that. Somebody said something to me that 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 really came true, and they said a long time ago, and they said that your wife won't respect you, and it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, said that you're a man, and she was raised in an environment that there were no men around that she could respect or knew who they were about. That so I like that. She don't respect any man in her life because as a child she never had any man. No, how does she respect? That's deep. Then that's true. Mm. Very true. That is true. That's so true. Like, and he said, don't take it personally. But your wife's never gonna respect you. And and this was her father that told me that. And I said, well, why won't she respect me? She goes, because he's never been over a man that was respectable. Her father was alcoholic. Her brother abused her. Damn. She never had any men in her life. But when she married me. She didn't have any respect for me because she didn't know how to respect me. Whoa. She, it's not that she doesn't. She doesn't know how. She doesn't even know how. Damn, bro. That's crazy. That's, I never yeah, thought about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? That's one thing I that heard really, that before. Yeah, that one thing that really hit me one time when I noticed that a lot of people would straight up disrespect your manhood just because they feel that that's okay and that that's culturally acceptable to do. Like, that's normal. That's okay. That's that's just what you do. You talk shit about the man when you're, when you're mad. You call him all kinds of names and then you go, oh, I was just mad. But that's yeah. not acceptable. It's daddy issues. You can just wrap it all up. It's daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. so a, man, a man that has a strong... And it's all racist too because the, the, the government tried to break apart... Dude, we just talked about they that. They want the man in jail. They wanted to break apart the family. And that's how they had the upper hand on black people because they didn't have those families. Mm. So when you, the daughters and everything was raised up, they never knew how to respect a man or be around a man mm. or know what a man was called or know what a man was called. Mm. Have a relationship with their father or any of that stuff because Remember? of the social the, value. The documentary, the dude that got out of jail, in 20 jail. years, his daughter, he couldn't even, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, um, the, the war on drugs separated marriages, the... the uh, the 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 school to prison pipeline the now, the privatized prisons all that stuff huh? The war on drugs was something was something the government created. Yeah. I mean, drugs, there was never a war on drugs. Drugs became more popular when it was a war on drugs. Mm. You know, it's just like um, the Helen Keller said, "Why would you have this? Have we have all these marches against war and against violence and against this?" 
And she said, no, I'm never going to go uh, or, or be a part of a war or something. Now, if you have a peace rally or a peace something, I'll gladly be a part of that. But the war on anything is not of God and is not going to profit you anything. Ooh. I like that. I like that. Well, we're getting close to the hour, and that was some really good input. We yeah. really appreciate you. But I want to get this woman's perspective real quick because okay. she might um, be able to shit on everything you just said. <laughs> because she's... Um, <laughs> you, you're talking about women are, don't know how to respect men, but she's probably going to come from a different uh, angle because she's noticing that, uh, the, that there's a cycle of men that disrespect women. And we, where we, like the ones like us who actually respect women, is few and far between. Right, you have to kind of make up whatever. Now, honestly, I thought about this the other day. My whole idea of what a father is, a good father is, is just based on like TV. Like, I don't know what a real father is. I just watch movies and TV and I go, yeah, okay, not I'm Uncle Hux- Phil. I'm a little bit Huxable. of Carl Winslow, a little bit of Huxable. Not, you know, no pills. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm a little Huxable, a little bit of, um, you know, a little Danny Tanner in there, you know. But I have no real examples. <laughs> Except for me, there's a you couple. Like my house? uncle, yeah, my, full house. My, my uncle Colin is the only man that I could think of off the top of my head that's just a, that's just there, like as a, as a prime example of somebody who could be like a good fa- a father figure and man figure. Yeah. Yeah, we thought we grew up with the Hustables, and we thought that was it. And then look at Bill Cosby. No, no, the Huxtables are fine. Bill Cosby is a is, is yeah, a real different. person, but the uh, the Huxtable was a character. Yeah, the, the character Cliff, Cliff Huxtable is a is an honorable man. Yeah, he is. He was he. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't we we can't we can't judge Doctor Huxtable off off Bill Cosby. No, Doctor Huxtable is innocent until. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Hustable is an OBGYN. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna call the the our lady Jack. I'm packing with Jack, and we're gonna see what she says. Thanks so much, brother. That was Chance. Back. I'm always what, ready. All right, what you want uh, to tell them about your social media? What you mean, my social media? <laughs> <laughs> I know. We just messing with you. All right, bro. All right. Peace. Okay, All right, so we got one more call. He hit, it. he hit it. Yeah, he hit it on on the nail. We got one more call here. It's actually uh, Jack. Jack a, Jacqueline Sunshine. You go, okay, you're going to get a woman's perspective. A woman's perspective, and then we Woo, can, we can close ready. out the show. I'm scared. What's she going to say? scared, yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, God, niggas ain't like, shit. <laughs> We ain't though. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey, so Jack, uh, this is unpacking with Jack. She has her own podcast, Jacqueline Sunshine, right? Kinda. Mm. Well, you want to give yourself an introduction before we ask your question? Yeah. Hi, guys. This is uh, Jack. I am um, the creative behind Let's Unpack with Jay, and I think that's it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, the question that we had was, okay, we were talking about Malcolm X, and we'd like to give you a perspective on that, but we've kind of all gone on that because we were talking about the importance of the whole relationship between him and his wife and other things like that. So we wanted to ask, who killed marriage? And so our answer so far was 
it's, it's multi-layered. There's a lot of different things that killed what we, we consider marriage, the traditional yeah. marriage in 2020, right? Which is systematic racism, uh, not taking your mental health seriously, substance abuse, um, not having a real father figure in your life who treated you right, that you can use as an example of how to respect another man. Uh, what else? That was the main one. No, is this when I come in? We were, we were running through all the list of the stuff that we had okay. said. Um, what was the other thing we said? Um, oh, the, the school to prison pipeline. Yeah. The, 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 um, uh, the war on drugs. The war on drugs. Um, the, the, the government assistance programs that favor a single woman, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, but basically pinpointing that women really didn't have a father figure they can respect. So when they get married, they don't respect their husbands. And then um, men don't have Our a father men, figure to also yeah, look at. To look, look at to, as far as yeah, a, a, that's a, a, role that's a husbandly role model as well. So neither of us know what exactly uh, to, to use as an example. I was just saying like most of my examples come from TV. I don't know nobody but Dr. Huxtable and Dr. Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. All right. For real, but I I personally don't think that uh, black marriage is dead. If we're specifically talking about black marriage, well, marriage in general, marriage in general, you know, we're, we're for all the people. I know you bought, I know you bought your black stuff, you know, but we talking about everybody. Okay, let's. Okay, let's, let's, let's I, so uh, specifically for black marriage, um, I feel like it's a way more on the rise with our generation because we are taking our mental health more seriously and we're doing more things to cultivate and understand that we are two separate entities Mm -hmm. and it's not like you know to become one anymore we're two separate people and we're coming together to make ourselves better but also from going back because i feel like um, marriage between anybody else is completely different because we never had any sustainability when it came to black marriage in america i mean we did because there are marriages that that from the older times that you know, go, you know, 30, 40 years, you know? Right. And I, and I get that, but, uh, a lot of our, uh, a lot of our grandparents and our granddaddies and stuff like that cheated on our grandparents and yeah. on our grandmother. Yeah. We were talking our about that too, about how they didn't really have any options. They didn't have an education. They couldn't vote. So what are they going to do? Go, you know, be a pariah in the society as the divorced mom. Come on. You know? Oh, uh, they could have, but they, they didn't. Right. Right. Because they felt like a lot of black people were were foundations were in the church and that was taboo to leave your husband the baby can't have christmas yeah go ahead we were talking about how how strong um jesus is in in the black community and uh how religion in in general is right you know so yeah you can be like you can't get divorced the the jesus would would send you to hell yeah whatever they say exactly so that's real because it was never like how you know um how the American dream and all these things for white marriage where the man went to work and the wife stayed at home. A lot of for uh, black families, both parents were still going to work. Your grandmother was a nanny. Your granddaddy worked Mm -hmm. in, and God knows where the hell he worked at. He worked with his hands, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it was never like everybody, your oldest sibling watched all of you. He was basically your mom, your mom and and your dad. So there was never, like, true stability, in my opinion, Mm. when it came to black family because of, you know, even um, back in sharecroppers, um, sharecroppers Uh just working and working and working and working and not building any sustainability for themselves. 
so in America, it's very difficult um, to say like there was any sustainability in marriage in the first place. Not saying that it was not, but a majority of you know our elders and stuff like that come from hard, hard, hard beginnings. Wait, wait. So you're saying that marriage never worked? I didn't say that marriage never worked. That it was just pretend that, all the time? That all marriages failed and they all suck? No. I, I, I literally just said that <laughs> I think that we are on a different wave as millennials. Yeah. Um, our traditions uh, when it comes to marriage are dying off from like our parents. Um, but I said that um, marriage was very more so um, difficult and topsy-turvy. Like, mm. there was no, like, true sustainability in a lot of black marriage with a lot of our, like, elders not saying that there was not. But I don't I don't think that there was a lot. Especially coming oh. from someone that is also uh, raised by a single parent, a Caribbean parent, things like that. Hmm. Hmm. Well, personally, as of late, I'm starting to think that marriage in general is unrealistic at all. Like, just the idea of forever and ever for one person is kind of, like, super weird because, like, you know, times change. People change. Their, their views change. Their, their lifestyles change. Like, things happen. So, you think you're going to be with somebody forever? Like, you're entire until you die. Like, till you until you're dead? Yeah, why not? Um, if that's the decision I make, that's literally the decision I make. Well, like, what I, other decision are you willing to make until you die? Stay black. Why not? Stay black. Yeah, stay <laughs> black. Well, because you, you decide to have children and they're still your children. They until still, you die, yeah. Until you die. But what else? Well, I mean, you took that step. Yeah. Okay, hold on. We got another person that wants to put input in. Thank you so much, Jack. We'll call you later, okay? Bye. Thank you. Larissa, you ready? You ready to get on? You ready to put your opinion why, uh, who killed marriages? Black men. No, don't come in. Don't come in hot like that. So, <laughs> why do you say black men? No, it's not. Well, first, I mean, it's both women and men. You first, know? First, hold on, hold on. First, introduce yourself. Who are My you? My name is Laracia. Okay. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Um... So yeah. Um, so who? I don't believe, huh? So who killed marriage? I'm being honest when I tell you. I feel like my opinion is it, it's black men killed marriage. And they did it by what means? They they do it well. You know, women too, but most. You know, I I think it was more so black men because they always label black women as angry and this is not cliche this is i'm being honest i'm a black woman okay they nag they do this do that but at the end of the day we just want a good man who is loyal did you see i scream that loyal respectful you know of the black woman you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All that treating like a queen, king. Yeah, I believe in all of that. But let's put all of that aside. Just be respectful. Let me know that you love me. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of the time, black men will step outside of the marriage and it's not with a black woman. You know what I'm wow. saying? Yeah. But here's yeah. the thing. I, don't, I never understood that shit. Like, I, I have a hard time with one woman. 
I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Me too. but that's a lot of work, bro. Yeah. You got to be a sociopath, a psychopath to want to take on three simultaneously? Yeah. Bro, you, you, there's yeah. something really wrong with you, fam. Like, yeah. you really there's need to reevaluate of, your life, brother. A lot of the times, though, some men just fall into it. They don't... It, it oh, you slipped and fell in some pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> <laughs> So we were talking about we were, we were talking about the respect level that black women have for their husbands, uh, you know, not having a a, a, a proper black male role model as their father or you know a brother or whoever they grew up with. They never had the proper image of a black man. So when they get married later on, they end up disrespecting their husbands or feeling more. Dominant than her husbands. Uh-huh. Nine so, times out of ten, it's because they had to do it by themselves. Oh, so now it's a power trip. Yeah. Gotcha. Because I know black women who uplift their husbands and are very respectful to their husbands, and they haven't had um, male role models in their lives. That's true. I mean, it, I'm not saying every. My question is Has he ever called. Oh. What's that noise? What's all that noise? Yeah, that's all, it's, it's live. Are we live? Are you playing the video? Okay. You no, must have closed know. the... I just announced that I was going to go live. Oh, uh, uh, share. Share. Hit share. Khaled, yeah. Khaled, Khaled. Khaled. Okay, you're probably going to have to go live again. I'm on Instagram, whatever. Okay. Um, people might be watching right now. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. Oh, my, qu- like, my, my thing is, like, there's been an issue where people are, like, saying that they're respectful, but they would say shit, like, just outlandish shit to their man because they're upset. And then be like, oh, baby, I was just mad. Mm-hmm. No, I understand that. I've been there. I've been there. So I understand that. You know, um, but I can only speak from my experience. And the reason why I started to be to, 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 to do that and react in that way is because a lot of the time I, I let others, I let things slide. It depends on who you with. It depends on how you guys communicate. Because I don't... I know there are women out there who are aggressive, but the women that I know, the black women that I know, are not aggressive for no reason. So when no, there shouldn't be a reason at all for you to disrespect somebody. Exactly. Like you shouldn't be like, yo, yo, I know that I disrespected you, but I had a reason for it. Like, I can tell you some shit. Like, I've had some moments where someone has done some shit to me, and I was like, yo, that's fucked up. But I would never be like, yo, I'm mad now. Here we go. Yeah. All all bets on the table. I'm ready. To, I'm gonna say whatever whatever it takes to make you feel bad. That's not just black women. That's women in general. That's men too. That's it depends you. It depends on you as a person. You can't just label that. Right. Uh, label black men, women as angry and 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 they just. No, no, not, no one that. said no, no. that women were I'm angry. Sorry, not angry, but you know what I mean. Aggressive. You sound like you're I'm a little. Sorry. Yeah. You got some. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you got some inside but, um, stuff going yeah. on. You know, it's 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 it depends on um, it's it's that's women in general. I know women who do that, you know, but you can't label everybody. You can't put everybody in the same boat. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how I got into this conversation. So I, every, I I just put here. you on the podcast. You know I, I, I I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but for oh, the most yeah. for just to sum up your answer, you you. you uh, 
You're saying black men are the problem. You're saying that black men are the reason. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to give you a little bit of something that makes that gives you a little bit of perspective, right? I want you to uh-huh. think about what's going what's going on. It's way bigger than some black dude decided that he wanted to cheat. There is a deep, uh-huh. deep rooted ancestral need yes. for some men to um, act on the. Do you know that? Okay. I work in pest control, okay? And some spiders, they build their web a specific way, okay? If ever I go into a house for German cockroaches, I pull out the fridge, the roaches will be behind that fridge every single time. I open the door, they will be in the corner of the hinges, I pick a picture off a wall, they will always be there. I've never gone to a roach infestation and gone, oh, this is new. <laughs> it's always the same thing. I've never gone to a bed bug, I've never gone to, a, uh, to, to try, try to find a wasp nest, and it's like, oh, I've never seen a wasp nest in this place before. They're always in the, doing the thing that they, that they were taught through, DN, through DNA. They don't speak a language, right? So what I'm saying is, right, if you go back, as far back as we can remember, black men and people in general have been polygamists. Okay, and I'm not saying that I agree with polygamy or that that's something that you should do. All I'm saying is that you have to understand that there are some people who have a deep, deep rooted need to to quell the desires that cannot be met by one woman that is ancestral. Really? I've never I've never heard anybody from the in that way, on. You yeah. have to think about it like this. This It's not just some dude decided he wanted to cheat. There's some people who have a real internal struggle because they, 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 they have it deeply rooted within their, within their DNA, within their code, right? That they just cannot, it's just something of, like it goes against their natural state to be with one person. I'm not that person, but I totally... And we're talking about, and we're speaking about black Black marriages in general, like yes. black men in general. Right, and there's, there's, that's one aspect. The other aspect is their father and their father's father and their father's father all thought that it was okay to step step out. And we were talking about this earlier, that it was just commonplace for a man to step out. Mm-hmm. Even Martin Luther King. You're talking about Martin Luther King? You're talking about the, the, the guy who was like a top um, pastor, like had all these degrees, a, a respected man in the community. Even he... Couldn't help the need to want to get extra side pussy. Like, all I'm saying is that sometimes you got to think about it. Like, what is the psychological thing? And are, are women ready, right, to think about it in that manner? It's like, maybe it's more, maybe he's not trying to hurt me. Maybe, maybe he just. Maybe it's a reproducing it's, yeah, thing. Maybe, maybe his body is, is yeah, telling him he has. Me, like, there's so many factors that you got to think about. I'm not justifying uh, uh, cheating. I, would, I don't cheat. I never wanted to cheat. I never wanted to step outside the marriage. But you got to think, maybe it's something bigger than you and your little ego and them wanting to hurt you that made them do it. Okay, and you know, I'll, I'll I'll think about that, you know, because that's a lot to think about. You know, but <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to put you on you the can't spot. Sum that up. You can't you can't say it's just black men. Nothing is just one thing or the men. other thing. But you're the one who came in here saying it was just black men who did it. Oh yeah, okay, that's true, that's true, that's true. But you're talking about black marriages, okay. The, the whole thing is that we said that what killed who killed marriage the the the, the oh, answer the actual marriage. answer is multifaceted multi level 
It's yeah. systematic. It's mental health. It's substance abuse. It's financial. so many different things. Financial uh, irresponsibility. Um, not there's so many factors. Religious uh, 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 core um, uh, beliefs and aspects. So it's not one or two things that you know. Some people want it to be one specific thing, and you wanted it to be one black thing. men. Black cheap. men. Black men <laughs> cheat. That's the reason, right? But there's a lot of reasons why many things happen that we can't boil down. That's what this podcast is about, pretty much. It's just like, you know, things are happening, and we're just not realizing that in, in our older age. And that's why I'm calling it the Late Bloomer Podcast, because TV shows and movies that came out back in the 90s, looking at them in, with fresh eyes as an older gentleman instead of a young man, you could see that there's a lot of these themes and a lot of the things that's been going on has been going on for as long as we can remember. Uh-huh. So all I'm saying is, nothing is this or that. However, it's sometimes fun to just pick it aside and then have an argument uh-huh. as to why that side is is that side. But even as a person who has never had the desire to cheat on his wife, I too can find empathy with people who struggle with that. I mean, yeah, I understand that. I understand. I mean, this day and age, how long have you been married? Seven years. Seven years? Mm-hmm. Didn't make it to ten, though, so... Yeah, I was this close. I was so close. <laughs> Where are you guys located? I want to pull up there. I want to. I want to talk. I want to be on the podcast. <laughs> we're in Atlanta. Where are you? Where are you at? In New York? No, I'm in Snellville, Georgia. Oh, we live in Snellville right now. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. That's I mean, um, Brian was calling. Brian me. said he has to go. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, all right, guys. Next well, time that we record, you can pull. You can pull through. We literally probably are like five minutes from you because Snellville is not that big, and I live in Snellville. Okay. I live off of um Bethesda. I can't give my location, but <laughs> somebody yeah, pull up. Yeah, right. Yeah, somebody really gonna pull up. But yeah, I mean, I can beat that out. This is a, we're no longer alive. So. I'll, I'll bring you in. We'll we'll do this again sometime soon. And all you, right. And you're welcome I to. Appreciate it. It was nice yeah. talking to you guys. Hey, all you right. Too. You too. Hey, listen. Right. Nothing is this or that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Listen, and I, this wasn't a shot at you. I didn't mean to put you on the spot yeah. or anything. I'm gonna be. No, it's okay. I love that. I love it. I love new information. I didn't think about it in that way. So I'm gonna go ahead and do some research. Oh, she <laughs> want to come back. Oh, we might. We might have to do a part I'm two. Yeah, she about to do her googles. <laughs> Who killed Mary? My Google. Go <laughs> to the library. Uh-huh. Library. Yeah. All right, peace. You too. All right, everyone. So the answer is that we all killed marriage. And marriage might not actually be dead. And it's possible that we might resurrect it. And it's possible that it might not even be a realistic goal. But who knows? Shoot up the club. This is is to be continued, man. We might, yeah. I mean, we're almost at two hours, bro. So, I mean, an hour and... uh, I think you should like whatever. I mean, it's already on live, but, you know, that's a good introduction run. I want to do this more often with you. Yeah, let's do it. Bring up some topics, but yeah. Peace and love. Peace and love. Hey, I wanted to go ahead and thank Blizmo app again for their support. Um, Go check them out. Go download them at the App Store. 
store. I also wanted to mention one of our other sponsors, the Facebook comment section. The Facebook comment section. Do you want to alienate all your friends and family and make them feel uncomfortable whenever you go to social outings? Try the Facebook comment section. 